You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. This time of the year, a lot of people are talking about the Christmas story. Well, we're going to be talking about the cast of characters, I guess, from the Christmas story, but not exactly the way you've ever heard it before. In the studio with me is Mark Bird. Hello. Hi, Angie. So let's give the listeners a little bit of an explanation as to what I was talking about, because I don't know how to make it any clearer, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And this is a perfect time of the year, being Christmas is right around the corner. But we're doing something a little different. We're in this series called Grow in Faith, or Growing in Faith, however you want to put it. And we're talking about the stories of people with great faith. And when you think about Mary, you think, yes, she had great faith, because it talks about it right there in Luke or Matthew or wherever you want to read. Both, yeah. Yeah, that she said, thy will be done, right? Yeah, amen. But... Yeah, but that is one end of it, right? It's uh, it's kind of like a, a bookends, a matching set of bookends. Yes. And that is the one end. And we talk about this a lot in church, right? We've probably all at one time or another heard a Christmas sermon, which involved Mary. Yes. Right? Which is super valid. It is. It's yes. valid. Right? Because Mary was a woman of amazingly great faith. Yeah, she had to do something that nobody would have done. She did something that was so unheard of at the time. Yeah. And of course, Mary was Jesus' mother. And then fast forward, the other end of the book, the stack of books was at the crucifixion. That's what we want to look at today, Angie. Did we ever think about Mary's faith at the crucifixion? I can put myself into a mother's point of view right? as Mary was the mother of Jesus. But I guess I'll let you go ahead and do your teaching before I interject from a mom's point of view. <laughs> sure. But I want to start off on the bookend just to shore this up because this is interesting. And I was sitting reading this story with my daughter last night. And, you know, the story is listed in Luke chapter 1. And it's interesting, and, and we hear this phrase, and we've, we've read it multiple times and heard it quoted multiple times, but as you guys know, I'm a man of context, and I love to get the context around this, and, and this leapt out at me last night as I was reading it, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, in context, this is so beautiful, because this starts off in verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, therefore that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. And then here's the scripture that always leaps out, and we've heard many times, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And who said that? The angel. The angel. Right. But here's the thing. I know I've heard it spoken by other people in the New Testament. Right. And Jesus himself said it, didn't he? He did. So this had to have been something that the others, I guess, they knew and said, that is something to hold on to, to know that nothing is impossible with God. I'm just saying it's a lesson that they learned and they carried on. 
Yeah, and I love Mary's response to Angie in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That is faith. There's no doubt about it, right? What a beautiful picture of faith. Like, I cannot comprehend what you're telling me because I told you, like, I, I don't know a man. How could this be? But nevertheless, at your word, at the word of the yes. Lord, I will trust and obey. So as a woman, I could see it would be okay. If an angel came to me and said, this is what's going on, I would be okay with that because I knew that God was in it. But going to the crucifixion, you don't see necessarily an angel coming to her and saying, hey, it's going to be okay. Your son's going to die. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I'm behind you on the beginning of the story. Right. It's the end of the story that's really hard. So we do have to carry this through, <laughs> Angie, because you have to, and those of you listening, and I'm serious, it doesn't really matter if you're a mother or a father or even a grandparent. Okay. You can totally understand the emotions that were attached to this Absolutely. piece. Absolutely. Because, okay, Mary was told by the angel, you know what, the son of God is going to be born out of you. But he, he did warn her that a nail would pierce her own heart. Simon the Cyrene. So Simon was the one that said that to her. Yes. And, okay, so how come the angel couldn't have, like, just mentioned that little tidbit of information? Just to give her a little heads up, because she's probably thinking, wow, a baby is born. Right. Only Simon right. was actually truthful with her. Yes. <laughs> and I think what's amazing here, Angie, what I want people to grasp a hold of on this is, yes, the angel comes and says, hey, you know what? The Son of God is going to be birthed from you, but you also don't realize all the things that go with that. And here's where I'm going with that. Now, if you have a child, which those of us that do, the world is very, very sinful. You know, the world around us is very dark and very sinful, and there's a lot of evil. Yes. And by the way, there's a lot of sin. And by the way, your child needs to die for those sins. Are you signing up for that? I don't think I could have. Right. I would have put him in a closet so that nothing could Absolutely. happen to him. Absolutely. To protect him. Yeah. Right. As every mother would do. And what I want to take us to, this is in John chapter 19. And this is interesting. So there's three things real quick, and I'm not going to read all of this, but there's three things that Jesus cries out from the cross, right? First of all, he's bloody. That's apparent. Everyone can see he's bloody. He's in pain. Second yeah. of all, he's in a lot of pain. He can't breathe. Right. He's struggling breathing. And third of all, he says, I'm thirsty. Yeah. He says in verse 28, I thirst. So there's three things. And so as a mother, picture yourself as a mother, like your child, I don't care how old they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Your heart's desire. Everything within you wants to continue to provide love and nurture that child. Yes. And again, Absolutely. I don't care if you're a mother or a father. Right. It would be the same thing. And here's the three things that is super apparent. He's thirsty. What does she want to do? She wants to give him a drink. Mm -hmm. He's bloody. What does she want to do? She wants to clean him up. And he's all bloody and he he's sweaty and he's gross and all these things. And she can do nothing, nothing about it. Except stand and watch. Exactly. Oh, no. And here's Mary having total great faith, right? And yet, here it is. He's being crucified for what? Not for something he did wrong. Right. But 
for the sins of the world. But she didn't under even understand that at the right. time. So, yeah, that's the thing is I don't know that I would be a person of faith in that moment. She had right. to have felt real emotions. She had to have been mad and upset exactly. and screaming and crying. That's what I would have done. Exactly. That's a real emotion. That's not a sinful emotion. Yeah. That's a real mother not understanding and having to watch her son die for something he didn't do. So how do you reason with... This is the will of God to kill my son and not have it come against your faith, right? How does it not wreck your faith when you're like, um, he was, my son was born to die? Yeah, I don't understand it. But I do know that Jesus told John to take care of her. He did. So he saw that she needed somebody Yeah, so let's read that, Angie. This is from John chapter 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which was John, standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold, your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold, your mother. And this is what I love, Angie, at the end of verse 27. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. That's a picture of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything that we cover here on Time to Revive is all about discipleship. And here is a perfect viewpoint of discipleship. Here's John. He said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, whatsoever it is. And he said, you know what? Take my mother and take care of her. And from that hour, he adopted her. Yes. Because... Obviously, Jesus knew in the midst of his pain and suffering and agony, what's he think about? His His mom. mom. Yep. Powerful. He actually does what, Angie? Feeds her faith. Mm. Wow. Do you see that? Yeah. While he's suffering and dying, knowing that his mother is suffering grievously, and yet he feeds her faith. Woman, you're going to be taken care of. Yes. Yes. Right. It's still, I, I'm trying to think of at what point did it all make sense to her? And I, I can't help but think it didn't make sense to her until she saw him resurrected. Right. She had to have gotten the great revelation just like the rest of them did about Amen. the whole thing. Because that's what Jesus did. He, he met with all of them for 40 days and, and ministered to them. Yes, he did. So I have to believe as a mom. And actually, if I saw my son alive again, right. I would be rejoicing. And yeah. that's where my faith would build. And then when you get the f- full picture and you start understanding. But at the moment of the cross, that is just a, that is just a situation I wouldn't wish on anybody. Right. Amen. And so that's the thing I think, when I think of Mary and great faith, you have to take into account her faith at the cross, mm. at the crucifixion, because you've seen it. You've seen it even uh, at funerals and things where mothers will run up and throw themselves upon the casket and those sorts of things. And and you know what held Mary back? Probably, well, obviously, the Roman right? Soldiers. The Roman soldiers standing there guarding this. <laughs> right. But yet everything within her had to have wanted to give him a drink. Did you see on the Passion of the Christ yeah. when he fell in front of her and yes. she wanted to help him and he refused? Right. I mean, that's just a sign of he knew what he needed to do and she had to deal with it. Right. And, well, that's the movies. I understand. That's not necessarily scripture, but it did kind of paint that picture of their relationship. 
She had always known there was something about him. It was prophesied to her that he was going to be the son of God. Right. And he knew that she knew. And they just, they knew, right? Otherwise, why would she come to him at the wedding and say, we're out of wine? That's it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And the other thing that speaks to me was obviously Mary was chosen by God. Yes. Obviously she was. Because obviously the scripture teaches us that we're all given a measure of faith. And do you think that that all of the things that happened at his birth 33 years earlier, right? do you think that she remembered those things and held on to even a mustard seed right. of a faith? Right. When she had, I mean, she literally talked with an angel. Amen. And, and he had all these miraculous things that were happening. I mean... Yeah, she would remember that, but I can't even imagine the amount of confusion and exactly. sadness that she yep. was going through. I mean, just the all of the emotions. It's yeah. just, wow, it just blows and of course, my mind. We've heard all the kind of cliches, Angie, faith over feelings. We've heard all of those kinds of stories, right? Yeah. But when the rubber meets the road like this. You're feeling it. Like, yeah, you're <laughs> feeling it, right? And so you still have to have your faith triumph over your feelings, especially <sighs> in a situation like this. And it, it, it may not feel good at the time, right. but just like in Mary's case, I'm sure it all started to make sense later. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's but still she had hard. to have faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's still awfully hard. So that, that is a, a perspective that I've not heard before. Yeah. So very interesting context. And, and I would ask everybody to just dig into it for yourselves. There may be some amount of revelation that God wants to put on our hearts because that's very interesting. I totally agree. So today's testimony, we brought in a special guest. It's Stephanie Ketchell. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Tell folks um, what it is you do with the suicide prevention So I'm the events coordinator. So I coordinate all of our local events that happen every year. Um, We do a golf outing in the spring and we do a 5K in the fall. I also attend the county fairs and health fairs, passing out information about behavioral health providers and our local crisis text line and hotline and things like that. So Mark and I have been talking about this incredible faith that Mary, the mother of Jesus, exhibited at the cross. I mean, this is something that, well, he and I, as parents, we can kind of get a glimpse of, but maybe just not even understanding what it's like. So can you tell us a little bit of your story so we can start there? Yeah. So on April 28th, 2012, I lost my 11-year-old son, Camden Ketchell, to suicide. Hmm. He was a fifth grader at Triad Middle School at the time. It took us by surprise. Uh, We didn't expect to lose Camden in that way, or you you never expect to lose a child. And it was truly a tragedy. Um, I remember being there the day that Camden passed away. I attempted to give him life-saving measures until the paramedics and police arrived. It shattered our entire family. It threw us for a loop, but we are so thankful for the faith that we had in Jesus and to get through that moment and to get through those following months and the years that lead me to what I do today. So I'm very thankful for my faith today. Many times as we deal with things like this that are completely unexpected, like you said, and you guys could imagine as well, you know, Jesus probably had conversations with his mother 
that he knew what was coming. And yet she probably didn't want to embrace that. She probably didn't want to swallow that pill, right? And yet she believed him, but yet think about all the emotions. And then for you, Stephanie, it was completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. And so that, that there was no preparation time. Yeah. And so I'm imagining, yes, you have faith in Christ and you leaned on God during that tragedy, but you had no time to prepare. So yeah. can you walk us through a little bit of that? How did you cry out to God through that time and just really lean on him? I cried out to God a lot to understand what happened and how a child could end their life like that. I remember being flooded though, within about three days of Camden's passing, flooded with a peace, just Mm. a peace that everything was going to be okay. I knew where Camden was and I had faith that not only am I going to see my savior one day, but I'm going to see him again one day as well. So that was really a comfort and a peace for me personally. And that came almost immediately. So I had moments and I still have moments where I cry out to God, like, why? I don't understand. You know, this is so painful. But at the same time, I have, I still have that peace. I carry that and I carry that faith that I'll see him again one day. Yeah. I guess for those that are listening that, that we can't imagine, we cannot fathom the depth of the pain, the depth of the the loss, the depth of emotions that flood. And like you said, Stephanie, uh, you're still dealing with it and you still cry out to God. I don't think you'll ever get over that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm saying God is carrying you. And I'm sure that this is what we're trying to share with listeners today is how do you still grow in faith when things like this happen? So Stephanie, take us through in the emotions, the I guess it's safe to say roller coaster of emotions, right? Because some yeah. days it's up and some, t- some days it's down. But walking through that all and crying out to the Lord through it all, like how do you continue to grow in faith with this, let's be honest, this tragedy hanging over your head? I think for me, growing in faith includes being connected to my community and to my church Every time I have the opportunity to share about Camden and his life, it grows me. It heals me a little bit more each time. So I think that, you know, being part of the coalition and being part of my church, being part of, you know, what I do for my work professionally helps me grow and heal in faith. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what we really desire is for listeners to be encouraged and kind of help understand like what Mary went through and how her faith was so amazing because we all are aware of how Mary's faith was amazing at the birth of Christ. But how much faith would it take to stand there and watch your child die? Like you would have to be filled with faith to be able to withstand that and literally not go and intervene. Well, and I just wanted to mention in Camden's funeral service, it wasn't a really traditional service. We had a praise and worship band 
that played music um, and sang praises, we celebrated Camden's life and we celebrated the fact that we would see him again one day. So I just think that that was just a really, really good opportunity for us to express our faith. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I'm thinking about this too. So going back to the cross and Mary being there while her son is dying. And of course there were Roman soldiers guarding him, right? So that definitely kept her from running up and intervening in that, but still the faith and the trust that she had. And what was amazing, the picture that is painted in John in his account of that, because he was physically there with Jesus, mother Mary, and he basically, Jesus cried out. And while he's in agony, he's saying, hey, you know, John, will you take care of my mother? And he's worried about everybody else. You know, again, still his, his love is being poured out physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all those things. But yet here's Mary just standing there and taking it. And I hear what you're saying, Stephanie. So you guys had a celebration of his life and you knew where he was. Yes. And so you had to trust God in his faithfulness that he had candom. Yes, absolutely. So here's the other thing. Mary also had to trust that what her son said, not just as her son, but as the son of God, that she would trust that he said, but I'm coming back to life on the third day I'm going to raise again. And so what you have to hold on to or lean on in that point is your faith. Even in the midst of the celebration, I'm sure there were moments, Stephanie, where you were celebrating, but yet I'm sure there was up and down, ebb and flow, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been an emotional roller coaster even, even today. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have moments that I'm emotional about it, certain times of the year, certain days of the year. I don't know what I would do without my faith. It's what gets me through every day, staying in the word, staying in prayer. It strengthens me. It gives me peace. My Holy Spirit is my guide and he's my peace and he's my strength. Losing Camden has been the hardest thing. And I I have been through a lot in my life personally, but losing Camden has been the hardest thing that I have ever had to endure. And I just don't know how I would do it without the Lord. Amen. And that's really what I want the listeners to hear, because you know what Jesus said in this life, you will have tribulation. And I'm sure you can say amen to that. And losing Camden had to be the hardest thing that anyone could imagine. But yet your faith in God and his peace that you describe had to be able to carry you through. So if you could sit down and have a five-minute conversation with Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, Stephanie, what would that look like? What would you like to ask her? What would you like to share as mothers who have lost a son? Um, I just think that it would, it would be an opportunity to share about our sons and their lives. I would probably want to ask her, how does she do it? How does she have such incredible faith? You know, I'm not perfect. I can say that I have faith and that I have peace and, and, you know, I get my strength from the word and from the Lord, but I'm not perfect. I have days where I slip, where I miss, where I miss the mark. 
but I would love to hear from Mary how her faith had carried her through and how she did it. Yeah, and you know, the astounding thing, uh, being from this perspective, I would venture to say Mary would probably ask you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I would say, you know, there's days, and I would say that she would ask you the same thing by saying, well, how do you do it? How has your faith helped you? You're like, how do you stay in the word? Those sorts of things. So that's an interesting perspective, but I think one that helps us understand as, as we will face tragedies and face trials in our lives. And, you know, how do we prepare ourselves? How do we prepare ourselves? Not necessarily knowing exactly what the tragedy is going to be, because in your situation, you didn't know, you didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. You couldn't fathom it. But how would you encourage people to prepare themselves that very promise that in this life, you shall have tribulation? How would you respond to that, Stephanie? Um, I think it's so important to be fortified in the word. So if we can be fortified in the word and strengthened in the word, that when we do have trials and we do have struggles and we do go through those tribulations, that the word gives us strength and the word gives us peace. I love this because, and, and only because it helps me to get a better picture of what Mary went through. I can imagine she felt everything that you felt at that moment. She felt the helplessness and she, she felt just all of it. The, everything probably felt like you were in a dream and not really connected at the moment. And it kind of hit you later. I can imagine in the moment that she was feeling all of those feelings as well as any mother would. And yeah, she knew there was something special about this guy. And that was not completely revealed until later, right? But she got a chance to see her son again and know he was perfected. And that's beautiful that you'll have the same thing. Yeah, I look forward to that day. <laughs> yeah, amen. I want to add a little bit to that too, Angie, because you know what? In that moment when Mary was there, she did know that he was special and she did know that he was the son of God to the extent that it was revealed to her. But you know what it felt like? It felt like, no, this is my son. Mm. I bet you the physicalness and the pain and the emotion and the reality was from the human side, probably most, most of what she was experiencing and dealing with. And um, she may not have even wanted to hear talk of who he was. And, you know, Angie, I was also thinking when you talked about yeah, she saw her son again, and he was perfected. He was glorified, but she still ended up losing him. You know, he still went to heaven. And so that part of it is, is a reality. And, you know, Stephanie, you have experienced that as well. Your son, Camden, went to heaven, and that gives you assurance, but it does not completely take away the human emotion mm -hmm. side of it that you're still dealing with. And I presume that Mary dealt with as well. So can you talk about that at all, Stephanie? Yeah, I'm sure that Mary experienced that in the humanness of those emotions, you know, until she saw Jesus again. And I'm the same way, you know, I feel those emotions and experience that pain not every day, but often. 
Yeah, and I know that God has brought you through to this point, and I want to personally say thank you for taking your situation, right? And I just can't help but think of Romans 8, where he says, he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so here's the thing, Stephanie, you have taken this tragedy and you personally have not just laid down and given up, but you have used this situation to say, I can help others. That to me is a beautiful display of faith because it takes a great deal of faith, Stephanie, to not just to do it once, but continue to do it. And now you're doing this as a part of your everyday life in honor of your son, Camden. I'm sure that he continues to motivate you to this day. And uh, your faith has been not just held intact, but it continues to grow because you're continuing to put your heart out on the line per se. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, if I can do anything to just help one person, you know, in my job, I go into the schools, into all of our local local schools and teach mental health education and suicide prevention to our sixth graders and to our ninth graders. And then we provide mental health screenings to those students and connect them to services if they need to be. And so me doing that is just another opportunity that I have to reach somebody, let them know that there's hope for their life, that it's going to be okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to reach out and to ask for help. And so, you know, if I can do anything to reach one person, I will do that for the rest of my life in honor of Camden. That's beautiful. And so one final question that I have, Stephanie. So because of your faith and what you do and you go into the schools, do any of the students ever ask you questions about your faith at all? Like, do you ever get to share a little bit about your faith? I know, I know it's a (laughs) tough thing. It's a squeeze, but do you ever get to share the hope that is in you and the reason that you have faith? At this point, I have not had that opportunity, but if ever given the opportunity, I would take that in a heartbeat. That's awesome. And so we, and the listeners, we should pray for you to have those opportunities that uh, when God opens the door, that you will be able to walk through that and just share about the hope and the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Stephanie, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for being so vulnerable (laughs) and sharing your heart and your story with us. And I know it's been an encouragement to me and I know the listeners will as well. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.